It's time to award the 2022 Bookish Superlatives and highlight some books we might not have in yesterday's best and worst episode. Hello and welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Jesse for this fun end-of-the-year sort of episode. I started this tradition last year and I had so much fun with it, so it's Back for its second year. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here. My name is Jesse, and I have a YouTube channel called Reading with Jess, where you can catch me doing some reading vlogs, hauls, TBR videos, things like that. You can also catch me on Instagram with the handle at Reading with Jess underscore. Starting in January, I will have two tiers available on Patreon. There is a standard $5 tier and a $7 tier for anyone interested in extra fun events like exclusive readathons, exchanges, and a new private video chat. So whether you're already a night owl or you're considering becoming one, I'm very excited about these changes so I can offer you even more bookish content along with all of the standard things like monthly reading wrap-ups, movie nights and reading sprints. Don't forget to enter into today's giveaway for the 12 days of Christmas episodes and giveaways. Make sure you're following at Talk Bookish Podcast on Instagram and leave a thoughtful comment on today's post. That is your entry into the giveaway. I'm giving away exclusive Talk Bookish to Me beanies, which I am so happy about. I love the way they came out. Jesse and I have ours. You can sport yours too. And then when you wear it, take a picture sure tag me on Instagram and I'll be reposting those. But if I run out of beanies or you're an international listener and you happen to win, you will get a book from your wish list. So make sure you have your wish list linked in your Instagram bio. If you're unfamiliar with superlatives, basically they're a tradition usually in high school and in yearbooks that bestows a title that captures a student's key personalities or vibe. Obviously, we're doing bookish superlatives, so it's going to be a little different. We'll explain a bit more once we get going. Okay, so the first superlative is most popular. And for this category, I just figured like maybe it's been shelved the most on Goodreads or something like that. Um, what is your most popular book? This one was not really a surprise. It's Verity by Colleen Hoover. It's been shelved over 2.5 million times on Goodreads. Um, this one is about a struggling writer, Lowen, who gets a deal of the lifetime by ghostwriting for a famous author who is unable to complete her series, but she stumbles upon an unpublished manuscript and learns a lot about the author's dark history. Yeah, not really a surprise there. No, it's one um, of my favorites, but I love it. And also for the superlatives, I thought we would make it extra fun and only award superlatives to books that we actually read this year. I don't know if I made that clear before. Um, so all of these are books that we have read this year, even if they published in years prior. So my most popular goes to The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. 
This book has been shelved over 1 million times. It's closing in on 2 million, though. I think it's like at 1.6. Um, and this one is about a fake relationship between scientists, and it meets the irresistible force of attraction, and it throws one woman's carefully calculated theories on love into chaos. I also think that was like not a surprise that that was the most shelved book. Um, so no surprise there. Let's move on to most likely to succeed, like a book that you think you'll be talking about for years to come. You're going to recommend it all the time. Most likely to succeed. What do you have? I have The Chain by Adrian McKitney. This made my top 10 books of 2022. Uh, this was a four-star read, and I think it's worth mentioning more than some of my other five-star reads. I love the premise of the story and it sucks you in from the very first page. I passed on this book several times because others were saying it wasn't as good and I decided to form my own opinion and I loved it. Um, the chain follows Rachel whose daughter has been kidnapped and the only way to get her back is to kidnap another child, hold them for ransom until that child's parents does the same to keep the chain going. Yeah, I also was hearing terrible things mm -hmm. about that one. But I think it was when The Island came out, everybody yep. was reading that and they loved that one so much that they went back to the chain. And then we were hearing all of these positive reviews. Yeah. So we were like, did we miss out on a gem? And I yeah. really do think that we did. So I'm glad this year that you and I have both learned to like ignore what everybody else is mm -hmm. saying. And if it sounds good to us, we're still going to read it. Yeah. You know, we're still going to try it out. So very happy to see that pop up for your most likely to succeed. Mine, I mean, obviously, if you listen to yesterday's episode, The Best and Worst of 2022, you already know my top five favorite books of the year. So definitely we'll be recommending those and talking about those for years to come. But I wanted to pick something different. So I'm going to go with The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. I read this with my patrons back in July, and it was such a great book for a book discussion. It has so many things going for it, like trope-wise, and it was so well-written. I... I specifically say that because it follows eight different characters and I get overwhelmed by characters. If you know me, you know I'm always keeping a character list because I just get overwhelmed. I forget who people are or how they connect to other people. And I feel like I get so worried about keeping track of the characters that I can't focus on the story. So I always keep character lists. So I started doing that with this one, knowing that it was going to have eight different POVs. But I am happy to report she wrote it in such a way that I didn't have to keep a character list because she would kind of feed you a couple of POVs and you're with them for a few chapters and then she slowly trickles in other characters. So you had plenty of time to get to know her characters and they were also so distinctive from one another that like I never struggled at all. It was, I, it's a debut. I am shocked. I am just Wow. So I can't wait to read something else by her. But if you don't know, this is a story of love and hope as interweaving characters display how all moments, big and small, can measure a life. Next category, most improved. So this is like a book 
or a series that maybe started off slow, you weren't really loving or something, but it like really picked up at the end. Um, for this one, I picked The Pact by Jodi Picoult. I'm not usually someone who reads legal or courtroom thrillers, but this one was worth giving a try. This is more character driven versus plot driven, but as we got deeper and deeper into the story, I kept wanting to know what was the truth, kind of as if I was on the jury in the courtroom. My opinion on the crime kept switching back and forth. I never knew how I felt. I was completely on the fence and I loved that the book made me, made me feel that way. Um, this one, and if you don't know, because it is an older book, um, is about a possible suicide pact between two teenage lovers and the journey that one must take after losing a loved one. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk really good things about this mm -hmm. one. I know courtroom thrillers aren't usually your thing, so I'm so surprised that, and also you like plots over characters. Yes, yes. Um, and we're actually doing an entire episode later this, during the 12 Days of Christmas episodes and giveaways about character-driven stories versus plot-driven stories. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Okay, mine is going to go to, for most improved, is Sundial by Katriana Ward. My feelings on this story are so conflicting because honestly, I didn't enjoy it too much. But that ending though, <laughs> it definitely made me pause and think and just like sort of go, huh, she did that. Like the ending was actually worth it. <laughs> um, it's about the secrets we bury from the ones we love most. And it's definitely unlike anything else I have ever read. Um, yeah, and I actually DNF'd The Last House on Needless Street by this author. Um, so I was a little hesitant going in and I don't think her writing is my favorite. But that ending though, like I was just, I was thinking to DNF it like so long, but I'm so glad I stuck it out for that ending because I was just like, okay, okay. So definitely most improved because I like hated the book one star DNF like and then at the end I was like okay I have to give it an additional star because that ending so definitely the most improved um okay next category I kind of stole Jesse's answer for this you sure did but I but I deserve to steal it <laughs> you do you do <laughs> so the next category is most likely to change the world Yes, that's a little dramatic, but we're having fun here. So this is like a book that people can read and fall in love with a new genre or a new trope or try a different genre out that they never have before. So since I stole your answer, I'm just going to go ahead and say mine first. Go for it. <laughs> um, okay, so I have to say Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez for this because Obviously, I got you to read it, Jesse, and I feel like when I read it, a lot of other people started reading it as well, mm -hmm. and we're really enjoying it, like people that normally don't like romance. Um, and I feel like you have read romance in the past, but you just kind of fell out of it because you weren't finding your groove with it. And then mm -hmm. after you got this one, it was like full on romance. Yep. Like <laughs> It's the book that sparked my romance era. For sure. And it, like I said, I was just so shocked at the end of the year that you've read like 30 plus romances. And it's just, so I have to say Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Because if you're hesitant going in to romance because you don't like cheesy, 
this one has sparks of those like you know it does have that fun rom-com vibe but it's going to make you laugh it's going to make you cry and it has depth so definitely check it out um so since i stole your answer what do you think is going to be most likely to change the world um so i did get a little bit of help from you so this was kind of a recommendation answer from you since you stole mine um <laughs> but i'm going to say hidden pictures by jason reculock i think is how you say his last name um, I think this one's perfect for those who love thrillers. They're a big fan of Riley Sager's writing style, but possibly wanting to dive more into the horror genre. This is marketed as horror on Goodreads, but it felt way more thriller to me. It does have paranormal aspects to the story and creepy pictures, which just adds a whole new fun element to the story. This is a creepy and warm-hearted mystery about a woman working as a nanny for a young boy with strange and disturbing secrets. Yeah, so a little behind the scenes here, listeners. Um, Jesse and I have been working since last year this time on this 12 episodes and giveaways project. Okay, so we started in January and we've been slowly recording throughout the year while I've been doing other episodes with other guests. But last night we recorded Best and Worst and tonight we're recording Superlatives back to back and these are the last episodes that we have to record. So we're kind of having like a happy moment because we're done and we've been working on this for a year, but we're also sad because we're best friends and this is like our last hurrah on this project. But when you mentioned Hidden Pictures and last night's episode, you were like, it is a horror, but I feel like, you know, thriller readers would like it. And if you're wanting to dabble your toes into horror, so I was like, you should definitely mention that one. So yeah, I'm glad you did. Next one, next category, most likely to become famous, meaning that it has the potential to be a favorite by the masses. So I'm choosing The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston, another book that I read because of Gwen. I feel like this book continues to gain more and more popularity in the bookish community. I almost put this in my top 10 favorites, but it just didn't quite meet the cut. So, um, but yeah, this one's gaining popularity very fast. It's definitely worth the hype. So check it out. Um, this is about a millennial ghostwriter who returns home after losing a loved one and comes in contact with a ghost at the funeral home that her family owns and operates. Yes, this one, I agree with you. It's gaining traction for sure. Shout out to my friend Keisha. Well, I should say our friend Keisha because yes. she sent me this book. I immediately read it and loved it. And I was like, Jesse, got another rug for mm -hmm. you. So yeah, that's a, yeah. And it has a beautiful cover. So and the author has a new book coming out in 2023. Mm -hmm. So get hyped about that. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm kind of cheating with the most likely to become famous because my book kind of already is famous. Um, it's The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. So this one did not make it to my top 10 favorites of the year, but it was really, really close. Ultimately, I didn't put it on my list because I haven't read enough historical fiction to be a really good judge, but this was really, really good. It made me sob and I can just vividly remember these characters, vividly remember the events of the story. 
Um, the Four Winds, it's a rich, sweeping novel that stunningly brings to life the Great Depression and the people who lived through it, the harsh realities that divided us as a nation, and the enduring battle between the haves and the haves-nots. It's a testament to hope, resilience, and the strength of the human spirit to survive adversity. Oh, great book. It's it's so good. I think it's funny how both of our answers almost made the top 10, yeah. but they quite didn't. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is that is funny. I didn't even think about that. All right, next category, class clown. So obviously this can be like the funniest book or the funniest character. Okay, so Gwen's already mentioned this one, so... Yeah, this one I laughed at, but not in a cutesy or adorable way, more cringy than rom-com. It's The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. (laughs) (laughs) This book, I didn't, I don't even know where to begin. It didn't, I didn't really enjoy the romance side because it felt forced, not authentic. I didn't feel the chemistry between the characters. This one is about a woman who asks a coworker who is a super nerdy scientist to fake date her to help convince her friend that she is over someone so her friend can take her shot. When it got to the spicy scenes, I literally chuckled so hard. It was super awkward because I mean you have this super awkward nerdy scientist who I picture to be kind of like a Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. As soon as you said that my whole opinion of this book changed. Um, yeah so I picture him as like Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory and then all of a sudden he like morphs into Christian Grey sex god. Ew no ma'am. <laughs> it was so cringy to read those scenes and it's but it was entertaining because I laughed and cried. So I'm crying right now. I just can't. When you were like Sheldon Cooper, I was like, oh my gosh. That's how I pictured him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Y'all, I can't. I can't right now. <sighs> okay. So, I mean, you didn't love it. What did you end up rating that one? It was, I think, a two star. Okay, I rated it five stars. So so you can see where me and Jesse differ on romance. So Mm -hmm. when I found part of your world, it was like gold, (laughs) y'all. Oh, my goodness. Okay, class clown. See, I'm laughing about the class clown category. Um, Okay, my class clown, I'm going to go with an oddball here. And I'm going to give it to The Sleep Solution by W. Chris Winter, MD. You're probably thinking that I have lost my mind But this self-help nonfiction reference book is how all of these sorts of books should be written, in my opinion. It's funny and the anecdotes actually help you remember the information. It's like being in a class, but actually having fun in that class. Um, With cutting edge sleep science and time-tested techniques, the sleep solution will help anyone achieve healthy sleep, and eliminate pills, pain, and fatigue. If you're looking for a sleep book, pick this up. Next category, Life of the Party, an entertaining or super fun book to read. Okay, not to sound like a broken record, but this is another book that Gwen convinced me to read (laughs) this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. This book was so fun because, number one, Gwen bought it for me unexpectedly. 
Number two, I loved the 80s vibes and references. Number three, although this is considered horror, I loved and cherished the friendship element in this book. And finally, number four, Gwen actually hosted a movie watch with all of us patrons and we got to watch the movie adaptation together. I did prefer the book over the movie, but I loved watching and chatting with everyone while watching this. And it's just a fond memory with the book. Um, this is a tale about Gretchen and Abby, best friends since fourth grade as they grow up and come face to face with evil itself. I agree. Such a fun reading experience, especially watching the movie with you guys. Our friend Lena is hilarious. And just her commentary while we're watching oh this my movie gosh. just took it to a next level. <laughs> so such a good memory. Um, I'm going to give it to Rabbits by Terry Miles for Life of the Party. What happens in the game stays in the game. Rabbits is a secret, dangerous, and sometimes fatal underground game. The rewards for winning are unclear, but there are rumors of money, CIA recruitment, or even immortality. Or it might unlock the universe's greatest secrets. I had so much fun reading this book. I was obsessed. Uh, I bought this book. Well, I actually recommended this to my friend. Well, I should, again, I should say our friend, our friend Jordan, because she was looking for some more sci-fi books. And one thing that I do for my patrons is I will scour their shelves, their Goodreads, and kind of recommend them a book. I knew she was looking to read more sci-fi this year, came across this book, and I know she likes game elements. And I was like, yes, she needs to read this. But then I was like, I also like those things and I want to read it. So she actually read it first, loved it, obsessed. And I read it, loved it, obsessed. And it was so fun because we got to talk about it. But such a fun book, like fun. Next category, most unique. This could be plot, character, writing, basically whatever you want it to mean. Just most unique. Well, at this point, it's just comical because this <laughs> is another book that I read because of Gwen. Um, it's A History of Wild Places by Shay Earnshaw. When I visited Gwen back in November, she and I were discussing this book because she just finished it not that long ago. I was so interested in what she was telling me about the plot that I finally asked her to go ahead and just spoil the book for me. And at the end of her spiel, I was like, wow, that actually sounds like a good book. And I was so worried because, okay, Jesse doesn't like cult books. No. And this book has a cultish vibe in it. And we were trying to decide if one of our friends, Lena, that we mentioned before, would like this book. And I was, and I was like okay, yeah, I'll spoil you. And so I tell her literally, like, guys, I didn't give her minor spoilers. I was thinking mm -hmm. Jesse was not going to read this book. <laughs> and so I spoiled everything. Yeah. And I, it sounded so interesting that when I got home, I borrowed it from the library, read it and loved it. What made this book so unique to me was how atmospheric it was. I loved the writing style. This also had cultish elements, like Gwen said, which I discovered early on this year. I do not like cults in my fiction, but for some reason, this one just worked so well. 
even though I knew what the twist was because Gwen told me and I asked her to um, and how the story ended, I was so fascinated with the story and the characters that I I did not care. I almost forgot because I was so invested in the story and the characters. Um, this is about Travis Wren, who has a unusual talent for locating missing people. Often hired by families as a last resort, he takes on the case of Maggie St. James, a well-known author of dark macabre children's book, and is soon led to a place many believed only to be a legend. Yeah, this is one that I also, that we heard bad reviews about. We heard it was fantasy. We heard it was magical realism. Mm -hmm. We heard all of these negative things about it. So we were like, mm -mm, no, no, yeah. no, that's not And I not don't us. do fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, no. But then I started hearing little trickles of things that were interesting to me. And I was like, okay, I saw it at the book exchange. I picked it up, read it, loved it, five stars, spoiled it for Jesse. She read it, loved it. So like, guys, this is your, like, I don't even know. This is a call to action for 2023. If you were hearing buzz or anti-buzz about a book and it still sounds good to you give it a try you might love it we both loved this one hashtag form your own opinion yes that's my vibe <laughs> <laughs> um most unique for me i'm gonna give it to notes on an execution by Danya kakowska this is a searing portrait of the complicated women caught in the orbit of a serial killer. And what made this so unique, and I enjoyed how it took like a classic serial killer story and flipped it so it focused on the victims rather than the killer. So I really liked that. I like serial killer books, but sometimes they can feel a little salacious, but I loved this take on it. Next up, biggest drama queen. It could be an overly dramatic book or an overly dramatic character. I'm kind of nervous to talk about this one because I know everyone who's on book talk and loves this book is going to come after me. Um, but I have to go with It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. I heard this compared to or inspired by the hit show Schitt's Creek, which I personally have not watched, but from what I've gathered, it seems to be a very overdramatic show. Um, this book, I just couldn't get behind the over-the-top female character Piper and her spoiled attitude and upbringing, but the real kicker was Brennan, the male love interest. Since meeting him, he's this grumpy, chip-on-a-shoulder person who's just rude and judgmental towards Piper. He makes comments about how girly and self-centered she is and how she acts like she can't live without her phone. Yet he goes out and creates an Instagram account just to basically stalk her on Instagram. Yeah, more like a drama king if you ask me. But this one follows a Hollywood it girl who is cut off from her wealthy family and exiled to the small specific Northwest beach town where she butts heads with a surly sexy local who thinks she doesn't belong another one that she didn't like that i did just saying yeah <laughs> but it okay so i love the show Shit's creek and daniel also loves the show Shit's creek it is over the top and it's it's such a good show and at, when you when i first watched it i was like "Ooh, i don't know if i can do this because it does seem like 
This is too dramatic for me. But you just come to care about the characters so much. But I can totally, I mean, it's a really good, I could see how this would either be work for someone or work against someone. I like it in TV shows, but I guess books, not for me. Yeah, you're like, "Mm mm-mm, no. (laughs) Um, Okay, so my biggest drama queen goes to Southern Magic by Amy Boyles. This is book number one in the Sweet Tea Witch Mystery series. It only takes a second for life to go to heck in a handbasket. In less than 24 hours, Piper Dunn loses her job, her boyfriend, and her home. It's the worst day of her life. It's very Southern, very dramatic. I enjoyed it, and I actually plan to continue in the series but just be prepared it's over the top (laughs) so it's definitely not going to be for everybody um next category most creative so again plot character or writing um so I know I've mentioned this one at the very beginning of the show and I hate to repeat answers but this one was so creative and it was an easy pick for this category for me this one is The Chain by Adrian McKinney. This one is so creative because there's so many layers to it. To break it down, it's about a woman who gets a call from a stranger saying they have kidnapped their daughter. And in order to get her back, she must keep the chain going by kidnapping another child. Once she's done that, she must call those parents and request that they do the same. The main character will get her daughter back once the parents that she is blackmailing follows the instructions and then she will keep their child until they do the same. This just seemed so unique and creative to me because it's a series of kidnappings to keep this quote chain alive. It's fast paced from page one and the whole time I was like who's behind this? Is it someone in the book or is it someone or is it just this magical like What's going on? Yeah, like who who's behind the <laughs> is chain? Is it the government? <laughs> yeah, is it the government? Is it someone this person knows? How do you stop this chain? So it's it's very fast page, literally from page one. Yeah, I cannot wait to read this one. I still need to read it, and I'm very excited about it. Okay, so I'm going a different approach. My most creative goes to Clara and the Sun by Kazio Ishiguru. From her place in the store, Clara, an artificial friend. So that's why I picked it is because the main character is, you know, an artificial friend. So from her place in the store, Clara, an artificial friend with outstanding observational qualities, watches carefully the behavior of those who come into browse and of those who pass on the street outside. She remains hopeful that a customer will soon choose her, but when the possibility emerges that her circumstances may change forever, Clara is warned not to invest too much time in the promises of humans. In Clara and the Sun... Ishiguru looks at our rapidly changing modern world through the eyes of an unforgettable narrator to explore a fundamental question, what does it mean to love? Never like read a book with an AI main character. I was emotional by the end of this one. A lot of people are mad about the ending, but honestly, like if you think it's an AI, like it makes sense. So loved this one. Okay, cutest couple, self-explanatory guys, self-explanatory, but cutest couple, and you've read so much romance this year, so I'm excited for your answer. Me too. Um, This one I'm really excited to talk about because I'm going to have to go with Brie and Jacob from Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez. 
I feel bad for picking this one because it does not come out until April 11th, 2023, but I'm excited to spread the word. The reason why I'm picking this couple is because number one, they write notes and letters back and forth at work. Adorable. Number two, not only does it have anxiety representation, but the other person truly tries to get to know the person and their anxiety and how they feel when they're having anxiety attacks and how they can help. And I just thought that was so heartwarming and I just loved it. Love this couple and I can't wait for more people to read this one once it comes out. Um, but for those of you who don't know, it's a novel of terrible first impressions, hilarious second chances, and the joy in finding the perfect match. I'm so excited it's about so it. It's so good. Ooh. And this is the sequel to Part of Your World by the same author. So Yay. <laughs> okay, so I'm breaking the rules. I broke them last year. I'm like, let's just keep this train going. So cutest couple. Um, I'm choosing... A girl gang because they stole my heart this year. I'm talking about Billy, Mary Alice, Helen, and Natalie from Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. These ladies are absolutely friendship goals. Um, Billy, Mary Alice, Helen, and Natalie have worked for the museum, an elite network of assassins for 40 years. Now their talents are considered old school and no one appreciates what they have to offer in an age that relies more on technology than people skills. When the foursome are sent on an all expenses paid vacation to mark their retirement. So all of these ladies are in their sixties. Um, they're targeted by one of their own. So only the board, the top level members of the museum can order the termination of field agents. And they were all, you know, they're retiring from the field. So once they realize that they've been marked for death, they like are like, let's do this. So now to get out alive, they have to turn against their own organization relying on experience and each other to get the job done knowing that working together is the secret to their survival they're about to teach the board what it really means to be a woman and a killer of a certain age Ooh, ah, i'm getting i love this book i'm getting like girl boss vibes already from that i mean okay so is it set up for a sequel do i think it's going to be a sequel probably not Ooh. but Miss Rayborn, if you're out there, please make it a sequel, like a sequel to this book, because it could totally, like, if you need ideas, I've got them for you, because I need these characters in my life. Like, they could totally, like, just do another, like, girl gang, take down people, go back in the biz, or they could be part of this board now, and they're training the next level of assassins, like... I have ideas. Just hit me up. But like, ugh, they're so fun. They're so funny. They're so distinctive. I mean, I really saw myself in Billy and like her characteristics and her personality. She's kind of like the leader of the group. And I was like, I always usually see myself as the leader of my friend group. So I just, oh, I love this book so much. So if you haven't read this book, guys, and you want some fun characters that you're just going to like root for, oh, this is it. This is it. All right. Our last category, I think it's a fun one, Best Dressed. So your favorite book cover of the year. So I'm going to have to go with The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. 
First of all, if you know me, I'm a sucker for a purple book cover. But this also has that ombre sunset effect. Beautiful, colorful, but also deceitful on how truly dark this book is. True. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a thriller about a woman determined to destroy a powerful cult, another cult book, um, no matter the cause. While in college in upstate New York, Shay Evans and her best friend met a captivating man who seduced them in a web of lies about the how the world works, bringing them under his thrall. Yeah, I do love that cover. Mm-hmm. I do love it. So I'm going to actually mention a book that Jesse mentioned earlier. The Best Dressed, my favorite book cover, is My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. And I'm referring to the U.S. paperback that looks like a VHS tape. This is a classic 80s at its finest, and it matches the vibe of the story so perfectly. Um, I just, I could not not say this book because um, all of his covers, like you have the one that looks like the Ikea catalog. Uh -huh. So I feel like his covers are really unique. I like that. And they match um, the vibes to the story. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, like Jesse said earlier, the year is 1988 and high school sophomores Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fourth grade. But after an evening of skinny dipping goes disastrously wrong, Gretchen begins to act different. She's moody, she's irritable, and bizarre incidents keep happening whenever she's nearby. Definitely check this one out. It's so fun, you guys. So there you have it, folks. <laughs> Our 2022 bookish superlatives. Make sure you join us tomorrow for another fun episode. There's a new episode of Talk Bookish to Me every day through the 12 days of Christmas. Don't forget to head over to Instagram and leave your thoughtful comment to automatically be entered to win today's giveaway. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Also, the link for Patreon is in the show notes, along with the links for Jesse's social media. Until next time, happy reading!